Welcome to Retiring Today, the podcast that guides you to and through retirement. I'm Molly Nelson, host of the podcast here with Rochelle Smith, producer of the podcast and also with us, Haley Gutchenrider. She's an investment advisor, representative, and Lauren Merkel. He's a certified financial fiduciary, a certified financial planner, and a retirement income certified professional. So we live in the Midwest part of the state last night, trees down. I drove here to work, giant limbs, a storm hit. Your husband went out and went, st- went storm chasing. Oh, yeah. What'd he find? How'd it go? Um, well, he didn't find a tornado, which is what he was looking for, but he found wind, a lot of wind. Yeah. And he's, is it, is it fair to say he is actually like a professional storm chaser? He's, he's, he's taking classes. He, <laughs> <laughs> this isn't his first time this following a storm. Yeah. yeah. He likes to go out, see if he can get some video of the storms. Be, of course, is safe with that, I'm sure. Right. Oh, or we're I, hoping. I hope so. Yes. You're hoping he goes and you just cross your fingers, I'm sure. And say, be safe. And yep. yeah. Get yep. some video from, from a safe distance. So a storm hit the middle part of the United States recently. There's a bit of a storm brewing kind of in the financial world. And that storm is inflation, interest rates, and the bear market. Lauren, Haley, you're watching this play out, kind of set the stage for people. What's what's going on right now, 2022? I heard Haley say this a couple weeks ago, and I think she said it really well. Typically, when we talk about inflation, we call it the silent assassin because it's one of these things that erodes your purchasing power over decades and it's not necessarily something that's felt until we wake up one one day down the road and we realize that gas costs us so much more than what it did 20 years ago Uh, a gallon of milk costs us so much more Uh, all the things that we consume on a weekly basis are much more expensive but what we're feeling right now this this is a storm an an inflation storm Uh, inflation's uh, averaging over eight percent recently, uh, when we go to the fuel pump, we are paying four sixty a gallon for just regular gas. Uh, I don't even know what we pay for a gallon of milk. Does anybody know? Four thirty nine, depending on what brand you buy. Yeah, I'm so, lactose intolerant, so it's so you a lot know more either. expensive for non dairy <laughs> milk. Oh, I bet. Yeah. But needless to say, it's not so silent anymore, and it is eroding portfolios. And, and for those who are on the cusp of retiring uh, or those who are already retired, they are feeling it probably more so than, than anybody else. I mean, if you're 40 years old uh, and you're making a good good wage, you're, you're probably frustrated. Uh, you don't like what you see, but it's not impacting your portfolio the way it is for pre-retirees and retirees. I am telling my kids to drink more water. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm in that range of people you're talking about. Joseph just was like, I'm thirsty and grabbed the gallon of milk out of the fridge. And I was like, well, how about a little more water? It's a lot cheaper right now, of course, than milk is. Look at that. Nelson is rationing the milk at her house. But that, those are the times. He's that tall we're, enough. <laughs> those are the times that we're in. I had a kind of conversation with a couple two weeks ago. And they were talking about retiring and they said, I cannot believe I'm actually retiring in this type of environment where we got wars going on. We got inflation sky high. We got the stock market seemingly melting down. The bond market's not doing well. And they're looking at me and they're saying, I cannot believe we are choosing to retire with all this turmoil. If you remember back to 2008, which was the last time that things felt really, really bad, Uh, People weren't retiring. People were coming out of retirement. People were changing their lifestyle because of what took place in the stock, in the bond market, in their portfolio. And uh, and people are consciously making a decision to say, I'm not going to work again. I'm going to give up my wages, uh, which are for most people who are retiring right now, their wages have never been higher. Um, That is a sense of security. 
uh, and they're deciding, I want my, my free time. I want, I want the freedom to be able to do what I want to do. And I think largely that's part because they have a plan in place. They have a plan that says, regardless of what happens with this bond market, regardless of what happens with inflation in the stock market, they can get the income that they need to have the lifestyle that they want to. Uh, and they're going to be able to get, and they're going to be able to obtain that lifestyle now, but also 10, 15, 20 years down the road. And they have that visual to be able to see this is their retirement. This is their retirement vision. They can see it play out and they're confident in making those decisions. So you set up part of the storm, inflation in March. Inflation was at a 40 year high. Interest rates also on the rise. The Fed has committed to raising interest rates. I think their latest raise was half a point and we expect more of those to come. And then the other part of the storm, Lauren, that's coming together here in Haley is the markets. Uh, depending on what article you read or what um, one of those indices you're using, the NASDAQ really approaching those bear market levels. Yeah, and a bear market, just for listeners who don't know, a bear market is when the market is down 20% off its most recent highs. And if you turn on the news right now, you're going to hear a lot of scary things about the stock market. You're going to see that the NASDAQ is down over 20% year to date. And so it has a lot of people thinking about their investments, especially when you are nearing retirement and you're in the retirement phase of life. And it can cause people to make some knee-jerk decisions with their investments. And so that's why it's important to come around to our plan and to talk about the objectives of your investment plan and those overall goals and purposes. And Lauren, I want to go back to that couple you were talking about. They, they said to you, I can't believe I'm retiring in this environment. We set the stage of this storm. So tell me how they're able to retire. What, what things have they done right to, to year to date that, that allows them when they see all this stuff happening around them to still retire? Well, one of the things that they realize is bear markets happen all the time. So they can't allow their retirement decisions, their lifestyle be influenced by something they can't control. Uh, on average, bear markets happen every couple of years. Uh, we just happened to go through a lucky time frame from 2009 to 2020 where we hadn't seen a bear market. Then 2020 came around. We had COVID. Basically, the whole world shut down. The bear market came back. And then here in 2022, uh, the Nasdaq's gone through a bear market. We might be approaching a bear market on the Dow and S&P at some point this year. So they see all that. And they, they understand that this is just a part of investing. This is a part of the, the economic life cycle. We're going to see ups. We're going to see downs. And really, over the last 12 months, we've been talking about how the volatility in these markets is probably going to increase. And that's exactly what we're living through right now. So they've been preparing for it. Part of the, the overall retirement plan is to create a recession-resistant portfolio. So when we go through bear markets, when we go through economic recessions, uh, again, their lifestyle is not going to be impacted by it. They can still go out and do the things they want to do. Uh, they can travel around in their motorhome if they really choose to, even though they're paying $5 a gallon in diesel be fuel. expensive to fill that thing up. But they can do it. And they don't like paying those high costs, but they can afford it. They know they can afford it. And uh, this is their time. This is they, they call it the golden years for a reason, because now they can do whatever they want to do within reason, of course. Uh, and, and they're like a lot of the families that we work with where they're never just going to spend money to spend money, but they have money because they've worked hard and they've saved, they've been disciplined. Uh, and so if they're going to, so what they're not going to do is hold back on things they want to do just because it costs them a little extra right now. 
And one of the things we try to help people do as a retirement planning team is make the most out of their money, right? You don't have to necessarily sit back, watch the volatility and do nothing. Now you don't want to make knee jerk decisions. You don't want to panic, but there are some things you can do. So some people wondering is one of the things I can do, move my money. Is there something I should do different inside my 401k or something I should do different with my, my financial advisor, my retirement planner. And a lot of things you read are, should I invest in bonds? So that's the question we want to answer for you today. I want to give you what you need to know about bonds, kind of define bonds for you, give you some of the pros and the cons, and then talk about some of the other things maybe you can do when you're watching this storm around you. So let's start first. We should find some bonds. A bond is a debt obligation. Most people are familiar with bonds, but they're not really familiar with how they work. Uh, a lot of people would think about stocks and think about how tricky and confusing stocks can be. Bonds can be 10 times more confusing, and it's a lot harder to maneuver through the bond world than what it is, I think anyway, uh, the stock market world. Uh, a bond is basically a debt obligation. So Molly, let's say that you are the bond store. Okay. So you issue bonds. I'm going to pay you $100. You're going to give me a $100 bond. Okay. Which means I have a piece of paper, and, and now today everything's electronic, so not literally a piece of paper, but, <laughs> but, uh, you would now owe me a hundred dollars and you're going to pay me, an, uh, interest and you're going to pay me every six months interest. And then five years down the road, this bond is going to mature and you're going to give me the hundred dollars back. What do I get out of it as the bond store? So you get an immediate, uh, immediate funds from the bond purchaser. So really a, a bond is really an IOU and it's really to drum up liquidity, drum up immediate funds. Maybe you are wanting to build something and you don't have all the money that you need. So you are going to basically borrow money and you're going to pay that person a fixed interest rate. And then at the term of that bond, you pay them back. Yeah. So cities will issue bonds to build bridges. Uh, uh, federal government will issue bonds to pay their debt obligations. Uh, corporations will issue bonds to fuel growth. Uh, if they want to make an investment in infrastructure uh, or capital improvements. Uh, so all these different organizations will issue bonds so they can receive this influx of cash to do whatever it is that their, their mission is to accomplish. So me, now pretend I'm not the bond store anymore. Pretend I'm common investor. I'm common investor Molly Nelson. How would I first invest in bonds? What do I just go, go to my financial advisor and say, I want a bond or how does it work? You can, it depends on what type of bond as well. Some, most bonds you can get through a financial advisor. Most people are investing bonds through their 401k plan though, uh, because that's a very easy way. They're typically using separate accounts or mutual funds uh, and they will invest uh, in a number of different types of bonds, whether it's a corporate bond, a municipal bond, or a treasury, a government bond. Uh, they, the common investor is going to typically do that through their 401k plan. And one of the definitions I found of bonds when we were kind of uh, getting ready for the show was bonds pay interest rates at regular, predictable rates and intervals. Well, I like regular and predictable rates and I like regular and predictable money. So does this mean, guys, bonds are just a, f a f bulletproof investment? They're not necessarily bulletproof because although you're going to get that fixed income stream, the price of bonds can fluctuate and that happens with interest rates. So when interest rates go up, the price of a bond goes down and that is maybe not as um, easy to understand. So I'm going to illustrate it for you. But let's say I had a bond and it's paying 10% and I'm trying to sell my bond to you, Molly, because I need liquidity. Okay. But then all of a sudden, the very next day, interest rates go up to 15%. Well, Molly, you're not going to buy my bond 
that's paying a 10% interest rate when you can go out there and buy sure. it for 15% or buy a bond that's paying 15% interest rates. So what I have to do is sell my bond at a discount to you uh, in order for you to make it worthwhile for you to purchase it. And so it's going to provide a fixed steady income, but the prices of bonds can fluctuate with interest rates. I want to know where these 15% bonds are. Yeah, that, yeah that's right. That, that sounds like a good return. That sounds pretty good. Yeah, yeah so, so uh, buying in a mutual fund, that's where you'd see your bond portfolio go down as interest rates go up. If you own an individual bond, so let's say you own ABC Corporation's bond, uh, and it's a two-year bond. If you hold that bond to maturity, if it's a 15% bond, you're going to get that 15% each year for the two years, and then you're going to get your money back, assuming that the corporation still exists two years down the road. So even with bond prices or interest rates going up and bond prices going down, if you were to sell that bond before the two years was up, yes, you would lose money. But if you hold that bond, then you're going to, regardless of what happens with interest rates and the price of bonds, you're going to get that money back as well as the 15% interest rate over the, the each year for the two years. And we've talked about the different types of bonds. We've mentioned a few of them. There's the U.S. Treasury bonds, there's corporate bonds, there's municipal bonds, and there's also I-bonds. I-bonds, I think, getting a little more attention when inflation rates are what they're at. Is this a conversation you guys are having with people uh, about I-bonds and their importance in this in this in this environment? Yeah, I've had this conversation with a couple of our families. And really what we think of I-bonds, we think of it as a good use for maybe second tier emergency funds. And the reason why is because you can't just go and put $100,000 into an I-bond. And what an I-bond is, is it's a, it's a bond that's issued and it's based on an interest rate that is based on a combined fixed rate and then inflation rate. And right now the fixed rate on the I-bond is 0%. And the inflation rate is 9.62%. So if you were to go and purchase an I-bond between May and October of 2022, you're going to receive 9.62% interest rate, but it only stays around for six months. Every six months, they adjust the interest rate that they're going to give you based on what inflation is doing. And so if we think that inflation is going to be around for the foreseeable future. I-bonds can be a really great place to put that second tier emergency funds in because you're only allowed to purchase up to a maximum of 15000 per person per household. So in six months, that could be that 15% bond. <laughs> if inflation yeah, that keeps sounds going pretty good, the, right? The way it's going in. And it's one of the safest bonds you can get because it's backed by the full faith and credit of the United States government. So it's kind of a crazy time where we can get such a safe bond paying such a high yield. Uh, and so it is a very popular investment right now amongst many, many people who have cash on the sidelines. They don't need it for 12 months. They're going to put it into the I-bond. And then after 12 months, they can cash out if they want to. If they cash out before the five years, they're going to pay a three-month interest penalty. But really, who cares? Because if you have that money at the bank, they're going to give you less than one, most likely. So mm -hmm. you get 9% for 12 months, and then you have a three-month interest penalty if you need the money. It's not, it's not that big a deal. And we should mention there is a limit on how much uh, money you can put into this type of uh, investment. Yeah. So the limit, the maximum you can put in is 15,000. You can do 10,000 electronically and then 5,000 through paper bonds, but the maximum is 15,000. So you can't just go and put all of your money into this nine, 10% bond for 12 months. You, it is more of a second tier emergency fund, funds that you wouldn't need for the next 12 months. 
And that is one of the big disadvantages because for most people it's 10000 per individual. So if you're married, maybe you might be able to put $20,000 into it. So it's not, I mean, for a lot of retirees, it's not going to move the needle much, but it's it's ten dollars or $20,000 that you can get a nice return on a, on a safe investment. So do you guys think bonds get a reputation for being kind of low risk, uh, a low risk investment? And, and do they deserve that reputation? Traditionally, bonds have been used to insulate from the downside exposure of stocks. So they do have that reputation of being less aggressive. And what we've seen, though, is before in the 70s, 80s, 90s, bonds and stocks were were negatively correlated, meaning that bonds were used as a diversifier so that they can insulate from the downside exposures that the stocks are given in the portfolio. But what we've seen recently in 2008 and in, even in 2020 is that bonds have been much more heavily correlated with stocks, meaning that before, you know, when the markets were down, maybe the portfolio that was in a 60-40 stock or stock bond portfolio didn't do as bad as what maybe we would see the 60-40 portfolio do in 2008 and 2020. So in 2008 and 2020, these 60-40 portfolios were down maybe 24, 25%. And that's not what retirees really want to see these days is their portfolio that they thought could be safe and insulated from the downside exposure is really down 24 to 25%. That's why everybody's talking about the death of the 60-40 portfolio because it hasn't performed like most retirees want that type of portfolio to perform. And also right now in the investment industry, there's a lot of alternative types of investments, meaning that you don't have to just have stocks in bonds if you have something like an IRA or a brokerage account. It does make it challenging, though, for 401k investors because underneath the 401ks, it is still your options predominantly still are stocks and bonds. So it's a little bit of a, a tricky maze to to go through right now where you got where you got bonds, most Bond indices are down somewhere between 8 to 12% right now. Most stock indices are down somewhere between 12 to 22%. So if that's what you have to choose from, it's it's a really hard thing to maneuver, especially if you're on, on the doorsteps of retiring, thinking about maybe 2023, 2024 is going to be your last year to work. So there's a couple couple uh, strategies that we're encouraging our families to use right now with their 401k plan. And this is something that you can take out of here and, and probably implement right away. Uh, and, it, and it could help you. But I could, I could tell you, be cautious, because what we're talking about right now is changing your risk. Okay, potentially anyway. So you do want to talk to somebody, uh, an advisor, or get some kind of consultation to make sure that you're doing the right thing for you. But so don't run, just run out of here and start implementing these things without making sure you have a plan. You have an investment plan. You have a retirement plan in place before doing this kind of stuff to make sure it works. But one strategy number one is. Uh, if for the bonds that you have in your portfolio, you still can't go 100% equity, most of you, especially if you're really close to retirement or in retirement. But most 401k plans do have a stable value account. So in that stable value account, a lot of them right now are paying a reasonable return. You might be able to get 2 to 4% return on that stable value account. So if you move your bond holdings to the stable value, then that is going to provide you some insulation from equities. Uh, that's a portion of your portfolio that you know is not going to go down with the, st uh, the stock market. And we would anticipate that the bond market will probably continue to lose for at least the next 12 to 24 months. So that would insulate yourself from even more negative downturn from, from, uh, from the bond market as well. 
And then you can still have your equity allocation to help grow the account eventually when the markets turn around. Um, you're probably not going to want to sell out of your equity positions because they are down so much. So hang on to those. Eventually, the stock market will turn around. It'll help you beat inflation and hit your growth metrics. But the stable value should at least give you a, a little bit of uh, reasonable return, and you're not going to continue to lose money in, in the bonds. And I feel like this is a really great piece of advice, but there still could be some confusion when you log on to your 401k and you're seeing these choices and, and, and some of the terms you're using, you know, maybe aren't like everyday terms for people. So a good place maybe to get some clarification on this would be a 15 minute complimentary retirement checkup call. This is a great chance to talk directly with a retirement planner. These are the people that live and breathe uh, all of these investments and, and all of these terms and these trends, and they're watching all of the things that are happening and they can answer questions for you. So you can schedule a 15 minute retirement checkup call today by going to MerkleRetire.com. That's M-E-R-K-L-E retire.com. You can ask about your 401k or any retirement questions that you have because with every piece of advice, Lauren, there's always the, we have to look at other pieces of your picture. If you have a 401k, but you also have a pension, your decisions are going to be a little different. When are you electing social security, your tax situation, all that stuff comes into play before you make any investment moves. Yeah. We're always advocating that there is not a cookie cutter type of strategy or decision that you should be making and you should avoid silo decisions. Meaning that what, what I was talking about right there is just your 401k plan, but your decision on how much to move to stable value, or if you move anything at all could be dependent upon a lot of other factors that are outside the scope of this conversation as well. And one of the other challenging things is a lot of investors underneath 401k plan are invested in these lifetime uh, or life cycle funds. So you, you might be invested in a 2020 fund, 2030, 2040, and you're sitting there looking at me or listening to me saying, how many, how much do I have in bonds? Do I have 40% bonds? Do I have 60% bonds? Because there's a very, there's very little transparency in what you actually own with those life cycle funds. Uh, and again, so that's why it's important to uh, seek help, uh, talk to somebody who understands the nuances of the 401k plans, the portfolio construction, and then also can take a look at all the other factors that would go into this decision as well. And you talked about these 401k plans being pretty heavy on the bonds and the equities for the choices, but we know that there's more out there. There's a lot of things you can investment, invest in more than there ever has been before. And one option to consider if you like the thought of getting outside of, of just what's in the 401k is if you're 59 and a half, you can open up some options for the money that you've saved inside of your 401k. So that's called 59 and a half in service distribution. And if that's available within your 401k plan, that is a great option because essentially what you're doing there is you're taking control of your funds. You're rolling over what currently exists in the 401k plan into an IRA or Roth IRA, depending on the tax class, you're rolling funds over into an account that is in your name. And now that opens up the entire investment world. You're not just restricted to the investment lineup that's within the 401k plan. And that's when you can start to build and construct a portfolio with some of these other alternatives that Lauren's referring to. And most plans today have that 59 and a half in service withdrawal. So if, if you are 59 and a half or older, check your plan out, uh, see if it has it. And then if it does consider that option strongly, there are a lot of factors to consider when you're making that type of decision. One of them is costs, meaning what are the costs uh, of investing in your current 401k plan? What would be your cost of investing if you did move it out to an IRA underneath your name, your control? Uh, and then, of course, one of the biggest factors to, uh, to look at is the control. 
who who controls that money underneath an IRA? You control it. Underneath the four hundred one k plan, your employer or previous employer controls that plan. So any changes they make to that plan could have a direct impact on your money. And also, you can keep investing in your employer sponsored plan. You can keep getting your match. You just roll out some of the money that you've already saved inside the plan, but you don't have to take yourself out of the plan altogether. No, the plan would stay open and you would continue to contribute to the plan and build back up the 401k plan. And then you can do once a year a rollover and move those funds into your control. And speaking of that too, Molly, another strategy within the 401k plan that we've been talking with about with our families is those new contributions. So what you're putting into the 401k plan, well, right now the market is, you know, nearing that bear market environment. And so it's great to be more aggressive with those contributions because essentially you're buying things on sale right now. You're buying things at a discounted price, which means you get more bang for your buck within within those new contributions. And then when the market recovers, you get that upside return underneath the 401k plan. So that's another strategy is what Lauren was referring to was shifting the risk with your existing funds. I'm talking about the new contributions that you're making to your 401k. Yeah. So for our families that were given recommendations on their 401k plan, we're having two distinct investment plans. We're having an investment plan for the existing money, and then we're having exist. Uh, uh, an investment plan for their new contributions and their new contributions because it's a smaller amount of their overall retirement portfolio. I mean, the maximum anybody can put to a 401k plan is about $27,000. So we're talking about a smaller amount of their, their, their overall retirement investing, and they're putting this money in every single pay period. So this is the true definition of dollar cost averaging, which is regardless of where the market's at on that particular day, you're putting money in, you're putting it systematically and on a continuous basis. So what a perfect opportunity to buy these stocks, like Haley said, on sale. Every pay period you're putting this money in. So the the uh, plan, investment plan for new contributions for many of our families is saying we're going 100% equities. We're not even putting any of those contributions into bonds because, again, we think that they're probably going to lose money over the next couple of years. And let's take advantage of this this market and the volatility. Uh, a lot of people are afraid of the volatility. They turn on the news and they hear a lot of crazy stories. The world looks really scary right now. But what a way to take advantage of it through your 401k plan, through your new contributions by truly dollar cost averaging and, and buying a lot of stocks right now on sale. Do you find sometimes when these kinds of things are happening though, do people just say they don't see it as an opportunity? They see it as I'm out of this. I'm done. I'm done with the stock market. I'm done with these bonds. I'm done with, you know, again, the government or whoever you want to kind of say is causing these kinds of storms and say, I'm going to cash that that's my best option. And that's where the plan can really come in place because the plan is going to show you that regardless of what's going on in the market, if we know how much risk we're taking within our portfolio, then we shouldn't be surprised when we see these 2008 type of environments because we understand how or we can at least anticipate how this portfolio is going to react. And it's important to know that because then usually what's making people move to cash are these knee-jerk emotional decisions. They're surprised when their portfolio is down maybe 15, 20%, and then they think, I got to stop the bleeding, so they move to cash. 
that is where the plan can come in place because we're going to talk about, okay, well, in this type of environment, how are we going to deliver the income? And that's where, and how are we going to basically make our retirement funds last 20 to 30 years? This is no surprise. These type of market environments on average happen every five to six years, like Lauren was saying. So when this happens, the plan is in place where we're going to be able to derive the income that they need to use without you know, changing their lifestyle because their portfolio is down a certain percentage. And also people are focused, I think, on the the wrong thing. And it's understandable. I mean, when you log into your 401k plan or your IRA and you used to have $500,000, so January 1st of this year, you had 500000 You log in now and you got 450000 That is shocking for a lot of people. That is painful because you're just thinking to yourself, how long did it take me to make that $50,000? eight months, nine months, 24 months. I mean, it, it takes a long time to make $50,000, but within a really short period of time, you saw it evaporate. So it's tempting to pay attention to that balance. But I th- think what people should be paying attention to is how many shares do they own? How many shares of that mutual fund? How many shares of those stocks? How many shares of those bonds do you actually own? And b- b- because when you log into your account, and let's say you own a total of 2,000 shares, Every single time you're putting money in, that that count is going up. So maybe next week you own 2100 maybe you own 2200 And that's what you should be paying attention to. And, and I kind of relate to uh, when you buy goods on sale. So Molly, you like shoes? Sure do. So you go buy your favorite pair. <laughs> ding, ding. You go shopping for your favorite pair of shoes. You go to the mall and you see that they cost you $50 today. You're like, eh, eh yeah, I really want them. Maybe a little bit too much. You go back tomorrow. Forty dollars, oh, the same dog. pair of shoes, exact same. Gotta have them now. Everything. So now it's you're buying them and you're happy. Well, with the stock market, you go to buy ABC Corporation today and it's fifty dollars a share. Well, okay, let's buy it. But tomorrow is forty dollars a share. Same exact stock. Same. Nothing's changed with that company. You just get to buy more shares for that same $50 investment. But see, Lauren, here's what I want to know. When are they moving them to the clearance room? Because that's when you can really get the slash prices. I want to know what day. Tell me what day. Right now is the clearance room for those stocks. And this is why everybody should be really happy about putting money into the stock market right now because you're getting more shares. So when you log into your account, instead of the 2,000 shares, you, you're you going to have 3,000 shares at some point down the road as long as you continue to pay or invest into that, that account. And then eventually when the stock market comes back up, the value of those shoes, the value of those shares increases. So you still have 3,000 shares, but now instead of trading at $50 a share or $40 a share, maybe it's $70 a share. And then that's how you really build wealth. So when people log into their account, log into their account in volatile environments like what we're in right now, pay attention to the number of shares you own because that is what's really going to drive wealth. That's what's really going to be able to provide you with the ability to retire one day and live on this money. Okay, we promised to answer this question. Should I buy bonds? Yes or no? The people want to know, should I buy bonds? The answer is different for everybody. The answer is different for everybody. You need here, Here's what you should do. is You should construct your retirement plan, and a part of that retirement plan should be an investment plan. And once you construct the retirement and the investment plan, that is going to answer that question for you. I can tell you, uh, bonds, we do anticipate being down for a, a period of time. It doesn't necessarily mean you don't want bonds as a part of your portfolio. Uh, bonds, is, uh, you know, as a prime example, if you have bonds right now, which a lot of people do, it has worked. 
I mean, that bond piece of your portfolio has worked because instead of being down 20% on that piece, you might be down 8%, right? So it has worked in your favor, insulating you from some of that, that downward volatility. Uh, bonds can be a good thing. What we do know is we can't have all of our eggs in one basket. We have to diversify. Bonds can be uh, a good complement uh, in your portfolio from a diversification standpoint, but we have to look outside of that as well. We, we can no longer just be stocks. We can no longer just be bonds, stocks and bonds. We have to look at other ways to diversify the portfolio. And lucky for all of us, there's a lot better ways right now than just stocks and bonds. If you want to talk to a retirement planner about some of those other investment options or about the bonds in your portfolio or the stocks, here's that great opportunity. It's a 15-minute complimentary retirement checkup call. You can schedule yours today by going to MerkleRetire.com. That's M-E-R-K-L-E, Retire.com. You can also keep listening to this podcast because today we just talked about investments, but there is a lot to talk about when it comes to your retirement and your retirement vision. We'll tackle it on this podcast. It's Retiring Today, and we thank you for listening. Merkel Retirement Planning is an independent financial services firm helping individuals create retirement strategies using a variety of investments and insurance products to custom suit their goals and objectives. Any information discussed in these shows is for educational purposes only and should not be construed as investment, tax, or legal advice. Investment advisory services are offered through Elite Retirement Planning, LLC. Insurance services are offered through MRP Insurance, LLC. So you guys ready? Got your bond definitions all set? Got them whipped out here. Okay, let's first just <laughs> define... <laughs> Rough morning. Nothing like podcasting right after a Tuesday long morning, eight a.m. Three day after weekend. Memorial Day weekend. Mm-hmm. <laughs> okay, we're, are we ready? <laughs> Can you define bonds for me? I would love to. Okay, thank you. 